So we've been in the book of Proverbs. Everybody say Proverbs. Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, we see King Solomon listing out words of wisdom for the people of Israel, but also for all the generations to follow, for his children to follow and for us to follow. So in this, we'll see like little snippets where he'll say a sentence of wisdom. Uh, last week, we talked about anger, how we're not supposed to be angry. or we, we talk about various emotions. We talked about laziness, actually, last week. Two weeks ago was anger. So we talk about these different things, this advice that we can get from King Solomon. And today, the advice we're going to get is about worry. Everybody say worry. Everybody say akuna matata. Now say, what a marvelous thing. Ain't no worry. No, I'm not going to sing the song. So. I am excited. Lion King is coming out. We're going to sing that. So, moving on. I actually tried to get the worship team to sing that, and they said no. So, it makes sense. I'm kidding. That's not a worship song. Moving on. But we're talking about worry today. And just, just humor me for a second. And just picture this. Have you ever had a moment, you don't need to raise your hand or answer, but have you ever had a moment where you're getting ready for bed, you put your head on your pillow, and you, of course, scroll through your phone for like 12 hours, and then you go to sleep, and you're actually ready to go to bed. And as you put your head on the pillow and get ready to sleep, thoughts start passing through your head. And you're thinking about the next day, and you're thinking about, it could be a little thing, like a goofy thing, like, oh, shoot, I have a Spanish quiz tomorrow, and I did not study for it, and you're worried about the bad grade you're going to get on it. And then you worry about the bad grade you're going to get on your Spanish quiz and how probably because you have to try harder in Spanish to pass that, it's going to hurt your other classes. And then your GPA is going to slowly plummet. And as your GPA plummets, one day when you get into high school and you try to get into colleges, you're not going to get into good colleges. And then when you don't get into good colleges, you're going to be like in a vagabond on the side of the road living in a barrel. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to be living in a barrel one day. And you're just forgetting about a Spanish quiz. Like, it's not the end of the world, but what happens is our worry builds on itself and it grows to where... We probably aren't going to live in a barrel, but we're thinking in our head, what if this happens? What if this happens? What might happen? What could happen? And it causes us to feel this, this burden and this fear that actually causes us to lose sleep. We're going to read about this here in Proverbs chapter 3. Read along with me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 says this. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discontentment. Hang on to them. For they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace, and they will keep you safe on your way. And your feet will not stumble. Here, this is the verse we were just talking about. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. And you need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security, and He will keep your foot from being caught. Uh, he will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Pause there for a second. So Solomon's writing here about worry, about anxiety, and he goes, listen, as believers in God, as Christians, we should not be sitting in our beds fearful of the next day. We shouldn't be worried about destruction just hitting us suddenly, or we shouldn't be worried about what might happen in the future that's terrible. Instead, we need to trust in the Lord. But this is easier said than done. Worry, it feels like, is a permanent part of our lives, and in so many ways it influences what we do. There are so many different things we can worry about, too. Basically, worry is when we're looking into the future at something that might happen or could happen or maybe is happening and what it might develop into, and we get fearful about it, or it makes anxiety or depression kind of weigh on us. 
in a sense. So we feel this worry, this burden upon us, and everybody feels it to certain extents. But, but things that I used to worry about as a kid, I remember when I was a kid, my parents came to me in eighth grade, and at this time we lived in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. I loved it. I loved being from Georgia. I kind of talked with a southern accent a little bit. And when I pushed around a shopping cart, in Georgia we call them buggies, okay? And people think that's just hysterical from the north, you Yankees. But, uh, you know, to me, it's like, this is the buggy. And they're like, no, a horse-drawn carriage has a buggy. Okay, this is a shopping cart. And I'm like, you're insane, <laughs> loser. Anyway, moving on. So my parents came to me in eighth grade, and they say, hey, just want to let you guys know, be praying about this. It's possible we might move to Virginia. And I'm like, Virginia? A far-off evil land where the, Dallas, or the Redskins are from? Like, ew, gross. I don't want to move there, you know? It's closer to the epicenter of evil, you know? I don't want to go there. But, but for three years, we, never, we didn't move to Virginia right away. But for three years, I remember sitting in bed and wondering, I wonder if tomorrow's the day my parents are going to tell us we're moving. And I would fear that. And I'm like, I don't want to leave my friends. I don't want to leave this. And there would be this worry that would wash over me. And I worried about something for three years that didn't take place for three years. I worried about it, and I gained nothing, and it only caused me to be fearful. And then when I actually moved and knew I was going to move and I, knew, I, and I moved, I was even more fearful of, man, tomorrow's my first day of school. What if I go there and no one talks to me? What if I, I go there and, and, and I'm, I, I'm afraid to talk to anybody and I don't make any friends? Or what if I talk worse and, and people make fun of me? What if I go to the football team and, and nobody you know, wants to interact with me and I do terrible in sports? Maybe I shouldn't even play football. And all of these fears built up so much so that the first day of school, I tell this all the time, first day of school at Loudoun County High School, I went in there and threw up in the library. I vomited just in the library. Now, luckily I made it to a trash can, okay, and it was before school had officially started. The bad news was it was one of those trash cans that had holes in the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that didn't really help then. I'm like, ah, I hit the, I hit the, oh, and I pick it up and it's just like drip, drip, drip. And the librarian was super sweet. She was this old lady and she goes, it's okay, sweetie. You just head on to the bathroom. I don't know why she sounds like Mrs. Butterworth, but I just <laughs> head on back to the bathroom, get cleaned up. So I did. But my worry was so much that I literally was physically ill because of my worry. And people, we worry about all kinds of things. We worry about what college we're going to go to, who we're going to end up marry one day. We worry about, like, the next day we're giving a presentation in front of people, and we hate being in front of people because what if my zipper's down and, you know, my fly's out? We're just petrified by things that, honestly, might never even happen. And here's what Jesus had to say about worry. I love when I quote Jesus because people quote, like, famous people, like, like oh, Abraham Lincoln said, but then I quote Jesus, and it's just fun to quote him because he's the smartest of all. Uh, Jesus says... Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Basically, he's like, listen, we worry about all these things, you worry about all these things, but has ever a moment of worry added to your life, made your life better? Have you ever had a good worry session and go, wow, I feel so much better. You know, I just feel like this weight is lifted. I just worried about all the terrible things that could happen, and now I just feel at peace. No, you feel worse, okay? You worry about worrying sometimes. And so worry actually, not only does it not make the situation better, not only do we worry about things that might not happen, but it physically can cause us to become ill. Check this out. This is a study done by the Mayo Foundation for Medical Education and Research. It sounds super smart because it is. But anyway, uh, these are the side effects of worry. Physical 
or mental or emotional side effects that you can get from worry. And you know how in those commercials they'll read like, warning, this medication, which is supposed to help you, will actually give you diarrhea, vomit, all these like terrible things, right? Check this out. These are the side effects if you took a pill called worry, okay? True. First one is this. You can get headaches, muscle tension, accelerated aging, chest pain, fatigue, asthma, sleep deprivation, unhealthy eating habits, depression, social withdrawals, unnatural weight fluctuation. It can disrupt productivity. Irrational actions can take place, and it can affect your interactions with all people that you interact with. Super cool. <laughs> Man, I'll take that pill, swallow that thing. Yeah, worry can do all of that. My dad actually was working with a guy who was super stressed once and super fearful of what might happen. By the way, what he was worrying about didn't even happen. So much so that one of the side effects were his teeth. His permanent teeth became loose in his, in his head. His teeth were loose. He's an adult man. But he was so fearful and worried that it caused his jaw to over-relax the muscles in it, and his teeth became loose. That's how fearful and worried this man became. Yeah, super intense, all right? These are the side effects that worry can have on us. And on top of this, worry can begin to control us and, and manipulate the decisions we make. We don't make decisions on, hey, what is smart right now? Or what is the right thing to do right now? Our decisions are instead based on, hey, um, I'm afraid. Um, I'm going to act out of that fear. Or this thing might possibly could happen, so I'm going to act on what might possibly could happen rather on what's happening right now. We talked about how anger can control us and dictate us if we're not careful a couple weeks ago. In the same way, our worry can control and lead us. And if worry is your master, if worry is your leader, you're going to be led to pain and to hurt and confusion. Worry is not who we want in charge of our lives. And it's unhealthy. And sometimes our worry builds on our worry. As I'm talking about the side effects of worry, some of you are worrying that you're worrying and that your worrying is going to cause more worrying and then that's going to cause all these side effects to happen. Some of you are like literally freaking out. By the way, this is a little bit off topic, but have you ever like had some sort of pain or illness and you Google it and it just gets worse? Like you think to yourself like, oh, I have a little itch and there's like a little round circle. Let me Google this. And you Google round circle itch. And all of a sudden it's like, some Peruvian like worm in the Amazon forest that can embed into your skin and go to your brain. You're like, I have a worm in my brain because I have an itch. No, probably not. Okay. Four people in history have had that worm in their brain, but you suddenly think you have it because Google said so. Or have you ever had that moment where you're like, my, this is true. Actually, when like WebMD first became a thing, uh, we, my brothers and I loved to use it for some reason. We would just like type in like our illnesses and my brother got a headache, Hudson. And he got a headache, and uh, he typed it in, and it's like, one of the possible like, possibilities of a headache is that you have a brain tumor. So he believed he had a brain tumor and was going to die. And he like, came to us. He actually took it very well. He goes, hey, guys, not I might have a brain tumor. He goes, I have a brain tumor. I'm probably going to die. And he said, Barrett, you can have my baseball cards. And my other brother was super angry, like, what? What about me? <laughs> nope, Barrett. Barrett gets my baseball cards. I'm like, score. <laughs> but sad. But score, you know? But my brother literally believed he was going to die because worry was causing him to believe this of what could happen because of WebMD. It's almost irrational at times. But here's what we need to do instead. We need to recognize what is the heart of worry and how should we react. Let me explain all worry originates from this point. Worry starts the moment that we stop trusting 
God. Let me say that again. Worry starts when we stop trusting in God. When you're a little kid and your parents are around, like your dad or your mom, you don't worry that much. I remember when I was a little kid and I was in the pool and my dad was like holding me and I had the little floaties on the arms. You know the floaties? I love those floaties because you're just like so careless floating around, you know, whatever. And, and when your dad is there, you know, and you got your floaties on, your dad's behind you picking you up or whatever, you're not scared of drowning because dad's there and dad's going to pick me up and dad can stand in the deep end. Like dad, man, he's the big deal, all right? And I don't know about you, I would always say this. I don't know why I would always say this. This is like so stereotypical. But we'd be on the playground having a fight, me and the kid. I'd be like, well, my dad can beat up your dad. And my dad's like, don't say that. <laughs> but I'm like, but you can, dad. You beat monsters up in my closet every night. And so you, you know, you're not afraid when your dad's there. You don't have anything to worry because what do you have to worry about? Oh, there are monsters in my closet? My dad's got that. Oh, I could drown? My dad doesn't drown. He stands up in the deep end. My, my dad can handle this problem. Or we think that about, like, my mom totally has to figure it out, whatever it is. But, but here's the deal. We start to worry maybe when that protection isn't there. Maybe when your parents aren't there, or you feel alone, or you feel like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I can't just ask. It's not there for me. It's not clear. And when we in our lives have fear or worry, it's because we have stopped trusting that our Father, God, is going to take care of us. That He's able to handle the situation. Or that He cares about where we're at. That's when worry starts to creep in. Man, I'm worried about how people are going to treat me because I'm not thinking about how God views me. Man, I'm worried about my future even though I'm forgetting that God is actually in control of my future. It's at these moments that worry creeps in. When we forget and take our eyes off of the Lord. There was a man named Paul who was a Christian many years ago. And Paul endured a lot of pain and hardship and struggles. Paul was shipwrecked three different times. Okay, Now listen, if I get onto a plane and it crash lands and I barely survive. And then I get onto another plane and that plane barely crashes, like crashes and I barely survive. I don't know if I'm getting on a plane ever again, especially a third time, all right? I'm going to be like, listen, I don't trust pilots, okay? I don't want to jump in the air because I'm off the ground for a little bit. I want to stay planted on the ground long as possible. But Paul kept getting on boats. On top of that, every time Paul preached about Jesus, shared his faith about Jesus, he was threatened. There was the potential that he would be killed just for talking about Jesus. What I'm doing right now, he would be killed potentially for doing and one day he actually would be killed for preaching about Jesus. Paul risked his life, and many times after he preached, people would drag him off whatever stage he was on and hurl rocks at him, hoping to kill him, and they would leave him in a pile of rocks, thinking him dead. Or they would beat him or flog him simply for preaching about Jesus. Paul endured many hardships. And if I endured even just half those, I feel like I'd walk around like worried something bad was going to happen to me. But, but listen to what Paul said about being worried or anxious. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's what that means. He goes, listen, no matter what situation you're in, whether you're shipwrecked, whether you're having rocks hurled at your head or, or whether you're anxious about whether you're going to be killed, 
Find peace and don't be anxious by focusing on God, by taking your fear and your worry to God and saying, hey God, um, can you handle this? Can you deal with this? Because I, I can't right now. Hey God, I don't know what's going on in my future, but can you, can you handle this? Hey God, I, I don't know if I'm going to endure this pain or hardship, but can you help me to get through this pain or hardship? He takes his pain, he takes his hardship, he takes his fear, and he presents it to God. And in that, his worry melts away. I don't want to oversimplify this, and it is a simple idea, but it's very hard to actually live out. But, but we need to find a way to trust in the Lord and remove and fight against that worry. And here's the best way to do that. God has given to us a weapon to fight against our worry. When we have worry that pops in our head or fears that pop in our head, He has given us a weapon to fight against these worries. And here's that weapon, okay? He has given us, and this is pretty simple, okay? He has given us promises. You might be like, cool, I'd rather have a bazooka, okay? I'd rather have like a, you know, a, uh, uh, I don't know, like pump action, you know, purple shotgun. I'd rather have like, you know, all these other things, but you're giving me promises. Woo, cool. But check us out, okay? God's promises are always fulfilled. He's not like that kid in class who's like, hey, can I borrow a pencil just for class? Who's going to lie and take that pencil forever and you'll never see it again, even if it's a really cool mechanical pencil that you really liked. Anyway, moving on. I'm not bitter, okay, but I am bitter. God fulfills every promise he makes. He does not make a promise and fail to fulfill it. So if God promises, he will do something. And I want you to listen to these promises that God gives to you and to me. These aren't ambiguous promises. These are promises to you. You. With you in mind, he looks at you and he says, Hey, I promise this will be done. And when you're in a moment of worry or anxiety or fear, remember these promises. First one I want to talk about is this. God promises that you will never be alone. He speaks and God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He's saying, listen, if you're a Christian, I am never going to leave you on your own. I will always be beside you. In fact, God says, I will be near to the brokenhearted. If you feel your heart is broken, I'm there. Even if you're like, but I don't feel like you're here. I feel alone. Just because you feel something does not mean that it is true. I can feel like, whoa, the room's spinning. The room isn't spinning just because I feel that way, okay? The room could be spinning if there's an earthquake, but it doesn't mean that the room is spinning because I feel that way. There's something that is true. And just because you feel alone, even if you're in a room full of people, doesn't mean that you actually are alone. Even if you feel alone in the darkness of your room at night, God is there, and He says, I will not leave you. If you mess up in a big way, hey, I'm not going anywhere. If you travel somewhere like Georgia, far off land, I'm going with you. I will always be with you. We can cling to and hold on to that promise. Next, God says, hey, listen, um, if you feel burdened or you feel this weight of anxiety or, or you feel this, this weight of uh, depression, you feel this weight of worry, I'm able to remove that weight. Listen to what Jesus speaks in Matthew. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul. I want you to hear that. Jesus speaks and he says, listen, I'm making you a promise. If you have a heavy heart, if you feel burdened and weighed down toward just raising your head to look people in the eye is hard, where you're so worried about the next day, you're, you're losing sleep over it, or you feel anxious, or you're feeling these side effects, your, your heart is racing. Know this. If you take that burden and you bring it to me, I'm going to give you rest. Where you just feel a release and a peace that is beyond your circumstance, beyond even your own strength or understanding. I will give you rest, and I'll give you a load that is not heavy, for I will carry it for you. This is a promise that God makes to us. If we are willing to take our hurt or pain or burdens to Him, He will make them lighter for us. Next, He says, I will give you freedom from your sin in life eternal. He says, listen, I know you feel shame. Sometimes you feel guilt. You feel like I messed up. I'm embarrassed. And we feel worried like, man, is God going to strike me down? Or is, is God never going to love me again? Will I never go to heaven because I sinned in such a big way? And here's what Jesus promises to us. He says, listen, as far as your sin is from the east to the west, as far as the east is from the west, so far your sin is now from you. I have removed your sin by my power and by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You're forgiven. You are now my child. And you are forgiven of your sin. You don't need to worry anymore. But I messed up in this big way. But I knew you'd mess up. And you're forgiven. But, 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 but did you see how terrible this thing was? Yeah, I saw it. And I promised that I would take care of it. And I have, child. Remember my promises. God's promises always come true. So when He promises us that anyone who believes in me will not perish, will not be separated forever in hell, but will have eternal life, we can then cling to that promise. A lot of times, actually everybody at some point in their life is going to worry about death. We worry and fear about it. A lot of times we don't like to talk about death because we're afraid of it or it's just like, oh, it's super depressing. But everyone will die. Some of us think, well, it's going to be a long time from now. We don't know that. You might not make it the rest of the day. And I'm not telling you that so you'll be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be careful crossing the road. You know, the guy's like, all right, you can cross now. I'm like, I don't know. I'm afraid. Carry me, Dad. And, you know, you're like, wanting your dad to carry you across the road. But, but here's the deal. I'm telling you that for this reason. If you can cling to this promise and believe that I am a Christian, I've asked God to forgive my sin, I put my faith in Him, and Jesus died for my sin, and I asked Him to forgive it, I'm going to heaven. So, I can now live a life knowing when my life is over, I will be in heaven forever with God. What do I have to fear? I've said this before. I like to think that Paul was an untouchable man because everything that happened to him, he had this perspective on. He's like, hey, you're going to beat me up? Well, cool, because the Bible says that I get blessings for every beating. So if you're going to beat me, beat me. 
All right, well, cool, you're going to threaten me with prison? You can put me in prison, but, but my soul can never be in prison. Oh, you're going to kill me? Cool, I'll be in heaven one day with God, so you can do that. Or you can let me live, and I don't mind living either, because then I tell more people about Jesus, and they get saved, and they go to heaven one day, so you can't touch me, sucker. He literally was like, you cannot bother me. Whatever you do, if you leave me alone, I'll preach about Jesus. If you beat me up, I'm going to still preach about Jesus. I'm, I'm literally not affected by the world, not affected by you. I'm affected by what does God want me to do, and does he give me the strength? each day and he does always because his promises are true but remember these promises when you fear death when you fear anything and it puts things in perspective when you're worried about what are people going to think about me focus on what God thinks about you when you're worried about man what about my plans that I have for my life be like well well God's got plans for your life and they're much better than your plans are for your life finally God promises us that every pain will one day end. For some reason, this has just been a theme lately in youth group. I've talked about this a lot in preaching. I've actually quoted this verse a lot. But the book of Revelation tells us this. One day God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old things have passed away. Behold, He is making all things new. Every pain you feel every hardship that sits in front of you, every difficulty or moment of worry that is happening now or will happen, will one day end. Your body won't ache anymore. You won't feel lonely anymore. You won't wonder what's going to happen in the future, but one day you will be in heaven, and all that will be a memory. And we have this hope to cling to. I hope that that we're able to cling to these promises. It's an anchor for our soul that we don't get blown to and fro by what's happening to us. And we don't get led by our worry, but instead we're led by God. I want to close with this story. It's a true story, actually. Um, there were a bunch of fishermen crossing a, uh, a lake, and a storm came. These men were followers of Jesus, and they knew him well. But Jesus wasn't with them at the time. And the storm was so strong that the, the waves were crashing against the boat and the, the wind was rocking their, or shaking their very bodies and they didn't know if they were going to survive. Actually, they, they worried that they would die or they worried that some would drown and not all of them. They worried so dearly that they would sink. And they were afraid. And then they look out onto the water and they see what they believed at first to be a ghost for it is gliding on the water. But as it got closer... It was Jesus, walking on the water, speaking to them. He said, don't be afraid, it's me. One of the disciples in the boat named Peter called out. And he said, Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to get out of the boat and walk to you. And Jesus is like, cool, get out of the boat and walk to me. And Peter's like, oh, shoot. Like, have you ever had that moment where you just want to put your foot in your mouth, except I can't reach my foot to my mouth, but some of you are really flexible and it's creepy. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, he has a moment where he's like, shoot, I, I don't actually want to do it. This is scary. And I feel like if I were the other disciples, I'd be like, dude, you said you're going to do it. Go, go, bro. Yep, step out. Okay. Here's a life floaty. Okay. Just swim out there. Okay. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be like, you got to do it. Okay. And so Peter, sure enough, though, has faith to believe in, in the Lord. And so he steps over the side of the boat and puts a foot down and it stays. He steps out and puts another foot down and it stays and he lets go of the boat and he's now walking on water. 
the first thing I would do if I'm walking on water is turn around to the other disciples and be like, <laughs> I did it. Like, what up, fool? Let's go, okay? This is really easy. I'd start jogging, and I would feel really good about myself being the first mortal to ever walk on water. Uh, and so he looks at Jesus, and he begins to walk to Jesus. What a surreal, incredible feeling. But maybe you know the story. The Bible says, Peter, stop looking at Jesus when he heard the waves and he felt the wind. And he stopped looking at Jesus and he started looking around. He looked down at how deep the water was and how he could just slip into that abyss forever. He, he looked to his sides and saw waves much bigger than he was or bigger than buildings. And, and he felt that wind pushing him off course and he began to sink. And he cried out for the Lord, help me. Jesus caught him by the hand and pulled him up, and they both climbed into the boat together. The reason that Peter sank was because Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and put them on his problems. Took his eyes off of Jesus and put them on his fears, put them on his worries, put put them on the waves and the wind that crashed around him, and he stopped focusing on the Jesus that was right in front of him, the God who looked at him and said, come, walk towards me, I'm with you. He forgot the promises that Jesus had made to him. And instead he focused on the fear that was around him, and he sank. Sometimes you and I forget the Jesus that has saved us. We take our eyes off of Him. We look at how deep our fears are. We look at how high the waves of this life are. We begin to sink. And the only way that we can be saved is to say, Hey Jesus, take my hand please. To put our eyes back onto Jesus. And then we will not continue to sink into our fears or our worries. But we'll have the courage and strength to step out into them head held high, eyes fixed on a Savior, and walk step by step towards Him. I know this seems like I'm oversimplifying it. To say, well, hey, don't worry. Um, Focus on Jesus. Don't worry. Remember His promises. Just because something is simple doesn't mean that it's easy. It's hard. And I'll tell you right now, I still struggle with worry. It's not something that I just dealt with in the past. I worry when I get up to preach, what will people think of me? Will they think I'm a decent speaker? When I walk around this church, I worry about, what am I going to dress up? Is my button the right height, or is this one going to make me look goofy? Or, you know, I, I worry about my dyslexia affecting how I read, or I, I worry about how I'm going to be as a husband, or maybe one day as a father. I worry about these things in the future before they even happen. And they don't do anything but hurt me. All they do is is make me feel worse or make me feel uncomfortable, make me feel nervous or lack confidence. What I should rather do is the thing I know. It's the very thing that I preach. I should focus on the Lord and His promises. I encourage you to remember these promises. Look them up. If you want them after service, I'll give them to you. But you are never alone, for God promises to always be with you. Your sin is never too big to where God cannot forgive it. You are never to a position where you are unable to be saved. In fact, death will be a way into heaven one day. But while we are on earth, we should live it fully, without fear or worry, focusing on our God. Because if you've got a heartbeat, you've still got work to do. We need to be here 
and live. Not burdened by worry, but taking our worry and say, God, take this burden, it's heavy. And he goes, I will give your soul rest. Find rest. Find rest in the God that made you. The Savior that died for you. And inherit the gift of life on this earth. And rebuke your worry. Rebuke your anxiety. Shout it down and stare at your Savior. Find hope there. Let's pray. Father God, we pray against worry in the name of your Son Jesus and by His power and not our own. We don't have the power to overcome worry or anxiety or depression on our own. We are dependent on you. If we don't have you, we cannot beat it. And so we ask, Lord, for your healing from worry. We ask for a proper perspective that we might cling to these promises like a rope and hold tightly, not let go. That we might fix our eyes on you as we climb out of that boat onto the waves. And that we find solid footing because of you, Lord. We love you. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Everybody said?